Hi and welcome to Working Well. I'm Suzanne McCabe from Life Switch Coaching and this podcast is about helping you to thrive in your career and your life. If you want to overcome workplace stress, build your confidence and get work-life balance back in your life, then this podcast is for you. Today we're going to discuss a difficult subject in the world of work, how to handle difficult employees. And I'm very fortunate to be joined by author and serial entrepreneur, Kev Ashcroft. Um, He wrote the book Outsourcing for Success, How to Make the Most of Freelance Talent and Boost Your Business. Kev, do you want to give us a bit about your background and what you do now, please? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the invite to the podcast, Suzanne. Very welcome. Um, so probably the, the short version of my background is I grew up in East End of Glasgow um, and I left school at, I think, about 15 and a half years old without any qualifications. Uh, my guidance teacher at that point uh, set an awesome target for me and told me that if I worked really hard one day, I could perhaps be a labourer on a right. building site. Okay. Uh, and so I left school. And I started on a thing back in the day called a YTS. Yes. Uh, so the youth training scheme, something like that. So uh, I was in a mix of a kind of college work type environment and um, started there and earned, I think, £19.50 a week, uh, which uh, which was an interesting amount back in the day. <laughs> and um, I kind of taught myself about IT in that, in that place and taught myself, uh, about databases and AutoCAD and, and all sorts of wonderful things at that point. And I left that YTS onto a very similar one um, down in Bridgeton in the Templeton Business Centre, which used to oh, be yeah. carpet factory. Yeah. It's just along the road from me. <laughs> okay. So d- down in your neck of the woods. So uh-huh. I was there for about a year and I got my first full-time job from that um, in a consulting engineers and part circus. So um, I was absolutely amazed that I was going to get £6,000 a year, which was a sum of money that was was just wild compared to what I'd been earning. In my second YTS, I think it was up to £27.50 a week. Uh-huh. So, you know, I wondered what I would do with, with, with this amazing income. And I soon found out as I passed my driving test and, and I got a little minivan as my first car. Uh-huh. Uh, and I found out how quickly uh, you could spend money when you've got an old, uh, what would you be fair to say, an old banger of a oh, car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and the money went on that quite quickly. And, and anyway, so got a job with those guys. They had an office in Edinburgh and Glasgow. They were a, they were a big company at that point. And I started with them and um, I learned more about what I was doing in the IT. And I started training people in that business and building up systems. Um, and, I, and I changed from, I guess, the CAD technician that had brought into an IT manager type role. Mm-hmm. And as I learned things, um, I, I kind of, I don't know how it actually happened, but um, I started um, getting asked uh, about doing work out with the company for other companies in the local area. So um, building computers or setting up computers or doing CAD related work. And that led me to start um, my first business. So I started that um, when I was 19, 19 and a half, something Uh like that. So about about a year and a half after starting with with Ramsey and Primrose back in the day. 
Uh, so I worked part-time, right? Well, I worked full-time with them and I had my, my business in the background. Um, and it, began, it was good that it was fine and the directors all knew what I was doing, uh, but it got to a point where it was beginning to impact a little bit on my day job. And the director, one of the directors came to me and said, you know, you need to either do your thing or you need to do our thing. And I thought about it for, I think, seven or eight seconds. <laughs> and I said, that, okay, so I'll do my thing. Um, that That's what I'll do. And I think a couple of months later, I rented one of the rooms from them. I had a wee brown desk and a telephone um, near November, end of November, going into December. And that started that started my first um, full-time business, my IT company in, in, um, in Park Circus in Glasgow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So it worked out good for them because their, their business was shrinking. Um, they were they were getting significantly smaller, and so I started my business, and then soon after that, um, I started my first member of staff, and then I took on one of their members of staff as they were getting smaller. There was an opportunity there, and I rented more space from them on the top floor. Uh, and fast forward, I guess uh, a couple of years. I had bought the top floor of that building and changed that into my offices and bought the car park and their, their business, I think they ended up with one person, one director in the business. And that's where we operated um, for a while. And then I converted that into apartments and moved the office around the corner. Wow. Um, and me and my wife, um, we, uh, we, that's, where, that's, where our first, that's where our first place was. Um, great memories. And then the business, the business grew. Um, we eventually moved to the east end of Glasgow, um, near where I was born and brought up. And about 10, 11 years ago, I sold that company to a, a telecoms PLC and moved on to then create my two businesses that I have just now, Blinkered Media, which is a marketing company, and WP Support Specialist, which is a WordPress um, specialist business. Mm-hmm. And in May... Last month, I released my first book, which is the Outsourcing for Success book that you've talked about. Um, well, we moved four years ago to Spain. Me and my wife, the kids and the dog, we moved to Spain. So we've been here for, for nearly four years now, and we're enjoying this little chapter of our life. So that, that's a hopefully not too long, but short enough to give you a bit of yeah. background. Kev, that's an amazing story. Thank you. Um, what a background. Um so today we are talking about difficult employees and how to handle difficult employees. And of course, this podcast is about positive mental health at work. So I'd like to know, first of all, how does it affect you personally when you've got a difficult employee in your organisation? OK, so um, I, I think it's different for different people. Um, but for me personally, because... I think it'd be fair to say I'm a bit of a softie. Um, okay. Then um, when, when that happens in my businesses, certainly in the past, I would take it fairly personally um, and I would carry the conversations around with me more than, more than I should. Um, I used to find it quite hard to compartmentalise those types of issues and not take it away from the workplace and... And whilst I wouldn't necessarily bring it up in conversations going back home with, you know, my partners or wife or, or whatever, 
Um, it would still be there in the background and it kind of gnaws away at you. And when you have a bit of quiet space in your head, it quickly gets it quickly gets filled yes. with why has this happened and does, does that need to happen? Why does this person need to be like that? So um, it, it, it affects you because it, it takes up brain space. Yes. Um, it affects you because it's demoralizing and it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects you because you don't always have the answer to how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you might also be, or, or, you, or you might have the answer. The answer in your head may be, this has been going on for some time and really that person isn't a fit in the business and I need to move them out. Mm-hmm. But you may, be, you may be fearful of having that conversation because maybe you don't like confrontation. Yes. Or you may be fearful of having that conversation because you think, what would that mean for the business? You know, how, mm-hmm. how would the staff react to that? How would the clients react to that? Could I get someone who could do the same things as that person? Will it mean the service goes down? Um, I, I think often we, it, it's easier to go to a negative mindset in that mm-hmm. situation rather than think, what are the opportunities if this person isn't in the business or yes. what are the opportunities for the, for the rest of the team? Will, will they actually be much happier and, Will the morale be better? Um, that, that's two sides. There's the middle part, I guess, which is also how do I help this person realise this is this is the impact or this is the effect that they're having on the team, the staff, the clients, me. Um, and even though you're paying the wages, it can sometimes still be a bit of a strange dynamic there as to how difficult it can be to, to have confrontational conversations. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Kev, what I'm hearing you saying is it's really causing kind of internal stress for you then. It's making your brain whir round and you're thinking about it at all different times of the day. You're concerned about the impact on your business. You're concerned about uh, the potential confrontation with the person and how they might react. Yeah. Um, and how the other employees might react with whatever fallout happens. So basically your your brain's spinning round and going over it and you're not getting any peace internally. And, and often, I think particularly in a small business, you know, um, you know, even if there's only a couple of you, but even a small business, you know, being eight people or 10 people or 15 people, it can still be the, the last thing you think about at night and the first thing you think about in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, because, you, you know, rather than getting up and looking forward to the challenge of the day and what you're going to do and how it's going to happen, you think, I need to solve this. I need to, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you hope it goes away itself, you know, um, whether, you know, you, you're hoping in your head the 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 person gets struck by lightning and it changes their personality completely and they become a totally <laughs> different person and they walk in and they're fantastic and everybody loves them and, you know, um, or, you know, whether you're hoping that they'll come in and just say, I need to go and find a different job. Right. You know, uh-huh. whatever it may be. Um, and that, so that, that, can be, that can be a difficult thing for, for people. And when you wake up and you're thinking about the problem and you're going to bed and you're thinking about the problem, it's not, it's not, a, good, it's not a good place to be in a thing. I think often um, staff wouldn't realise that happens. 
you know? And that doesn't happen to everybody. Everybody's built a bit differently. Um, I can certainly compartmentalize that type of thing much better now. Um, but I'm, you know, infinite, infinitely older than, than, I, than I was when I started uh-huh. the business. So, you know, I think you learn that through experience. You learn it through understanding that the problem's not about you and that you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't Absolutely. be holding on to it. That, that's life, though. That's not just staff and business, is it? I mean, that can be comments from friends or mentors or, or anyone, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it spans across. Um, so, I mean, you said that you compartmentalise things better now that you're older. Um, what strategies do you use to look after your own mental well-being when you've got some kind of situation like this going on in your business? Dealing with it much quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not hoping it's going to go away itself and leaving it for a longer period of time than you should. Um, Having the conversations faster with the person that's causing whatever issue they're causing. And that's to get to the bottom of it because perhaps it's not not to do with them as such. Um, Perhaps it's something in the business that's causing them to be or react, or work a certain way, or perhaps it's someone else in the business that's causing that, you know? Mm-hmm. I think when we made a brief chat the other day, Suzanne, I kind of touched on, you know, if, you, if you've got a difficult person in the business, that can be cancerous and it can affect other people, and it can change, you know, how they work, it can, it can change their interaction with you, it can change how much they want to do or how much they want to be involved, it can change their work output as well. So uh-huh. um, I think I think trying to get to the root of what the problem is, first of all, so that you know what you're dealing with. You know, it's not just simply saying up front, that person, that person's a lot of trouble, they're a lot of hassle, or they're not a good employee now. But if if they particularly if they've been good and you've had a good relationship. Um, with them and they've had a good relationship with the rest of the team if you've got a bigger team and it changes the first step there is trying to find out why it's changed you know and try to get to the truth of that because you can't you can't fix that unless you've got some sort of idea of you know what you're trying to fix or what you're trying to help with Mm -hmm. sometimes you can't fix it you know sometimes it isn't anything to do with you the business or um, or the team um, but sometimes actually just bringing the conversation to the fore and, and just talking about what's happening and trying to dig in gently a little bit behind um, to see what's going on, then then that can that can bring out a reality of what's happening, which might be there's issues at home, it might be there's health issues, it may be they don't like someone else in the team, it may be they don't like a particular client, there could be it could be lots of lots of different reasons that a person um, is becoming fresh air quotes difficult, you know, or not as good a member of the team as they were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and I was going to ask you about that, uh, Kev, because uh, I'm interested in that idea of improving the employee's performance and sort of intervening in some way to help the situation before it really goes sour. Um, do you have any particular steps that you would take to help that process so that the employee's performance does improve? Um, can you think of uh, steps you've taken in the past 
that have resulted in a, an improvement for the employee and an improvement in the business overall? Yes, yeah, so I think finding out finding out the root cause of what's causing the of what's causing the issue with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the the result of that, the outcome of that may be they need a wee bit more flexible time. So, you know, maybe they need to work less hours in a week um, because they've got things they need to take care of and they're feeling really stressed because they don't have time to do these other things outside work. Um, so again, if you identify that, you can make a change there. If, every business is a wee bit different and for some businesses that's more difficult than others. Certainly the way that I've built my businesses now with the outsourcing model, that's that's easier for me. Um, but you know, if, if you can identify that and, and maybe you, know, you can let them come in a bit later or leave a bit earlier or work a half day here and there, whatever you can do on that side of things can be an enormous help to them that they just don't feel the time pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps letting them work more flexibly. So, you know, not needing to be in an office five days a week, nine to five, um, whatever, you know, whatever the hours may be. So giving them an option to, to work from home sometimes um, can, yes. can be a thing that makes a massive difference. And I, th- I think, you know, what we've learned, well, I, don't, I, I think what a lot of people have learned through the, through the COVID pandemic is that you can work remotely, it is feasible. If you've got good systems and processes in place, it's about the output, not about seeing the person at their desk for eight or nine hours a day that proves that they're actually doing the work and they're doing it right for you, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that other things might, might be, you know, training. It may be that they feel, it may be that they feel overwhelmed in the tasks that they're doing. And, and they don't feel qualified or confident doing them. So they feel stressed when they're doing it. And, and that manifests itself in a bit of pushback with tasks where, you know, you, you get you get tasks or projects late or they're poor quality or they're not what you expect. Um, and that may simply be because the person doesn't feel up to doing the task or they don't want to do the task. It's maybe not really within the remit. But particularly in small businesses, we, we like to fill people's time if they're there and they're getting paid for eight hours let's make sure there's eight hours of work that you need to be doing you know? uh-huh. and and you can get called on to do absolutely anything in a small business absolutely anything mm-hmm. and sometimes that's great for people because they get this huge breadth of experience and they can find other things they love but sometimes it's really de- demotivating because they think well I, I, really, I hate this I don't want to be doing this. I'm really uncomfortable doing it. I don't have the skills. You've not given me any training. You're expecting me to deliver this. And I, actually, I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, that that can be, I think that's just some examples. You know, there can also be conflict between people in the team um, that, that, causes, uh, that causes problems. And I've certainly seen in the past in, in businesses where you've had, really high-performing team members um, drop their performance or become more difficult or leave the business because of someone else, because they can see someone else is, is, is causing problems or they can see that someone else isn't pulling their weight or they're not cooperating well. So I think there's, I think there's lots of reasons that someone can become difficult. 
mm-hmm. in a business. Sometimes that's to do with the person. Sometimes it's to do with the business. Sometimes it's the leadership um, and how you fix those things uh, can be a mix of, of, you know, the various bits we've spoken about. Sometimes you can't actually fix it. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes the fix is you say to the person, you know, clearly this isn't a good fit for you and it's not a good fit for us. And rather than prolong this situation and make it more painful for both of us, you know, why don't we find an exit strategy for you? Why don't we find a way for you to leave the business that, you know, lets you hold your head high, but it gives you a bit of time to find a new place to be. That's a job that you want to be in. That's something that you're going to look forward to because clearly, you know, when we see how you are day to day in the business and we see, you know, the the work you're providing or how you're interacting, you're you're not enjoying being in this business. So, you know, some sometimes that's the conversation is, you know, how do we find a better place for, for you to be because it's not working for, for anybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it could be um, maybe somebody needs some flexible hours um, in order to manage something that's going on in their life. Maybe they need a bit of training because they've been asked to do uh, a job that they're not comfortable doing or they just don't have the skills to do. Or maybe they need a bit of time to go and look for another job and, and to have that honest conversation with their manager to say that, you know, they're, they're not enjoying it and to give them the flexibility to stay in the role, but also be looking for another job. So you're not you're not sacking them, but you're having an honest conversation about how things are for both them and you as a business. That's right. You're, you're helping them move on, hopefully, to something better for them and, you know, for a, for a better experience for everybody else in your business if that's not, if that's not working out. And I think, you know, also realising when you're giving um, tasks or projects to people on the team that they just don't want to do, that they're not suited to do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, realising that's a, that's a situation that, um, you know, the, the person didn't sign up for. Mm-hmm. Um, so understanding from a leadership point of view what, what's fair to give someone and, and what's a reasonable expectations um, of, of what they can do and what you should expect I think also so, some people don't realise they're being difficult mm-hmm. and again having an, an honest and frank conversation about you know there's the, the situations and there's things happening in the business and People are feeling this way when you interact with them because this is the type of email that e- emails are you know a dreadful thing in a business from the perspective of you know the, the tonality in it. You know, um, someone who writes it can be a bit you know a bit dry and sarcastic, and they think the person at the other end is going to get it, and the person at the other end gets it, and they think, my God, you know what what the hell is this? What have I done? You know, to deserve you know whatever it may be. Um, Email can be email can be difficult. So you know sometimes it's about helping the person understand that there are issues that they might they might not realise, they might not have noticed, and and guiding them through guiding them through that as well to to communicate a bit better within the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also wondering as well, Kev, if you use any uh, sort of personal coaching for employees. Um, you know if they are 
turning up for work and they've clearly got a lot of stress going on in their life. Is that something that's ever uh, featured when you've had an employee who's been underperforming a bit and you know they've got this kind of background problem that's affecting them at work? So in so much as coaching them through that situation or well, either, coach or either with a sort of formal coach or someone in the organization who has those coaching skills to kind of support them with improving their mental health their ability to handle stress etc you know I look back and certainly um, the first coach I brought into a business um, was probably going back about 15 or 16 years now um, and that was from an organization called Action Coach Um, the, the main coaching role that he actually had was more with me than with the team yes but we did have team days as well but particularly we took the the management team out to um just a venue away from the office and we discussed the goals of the business and how they fit into it and how they needed to to work as a team and the team dynamic and things like that there um so we've done that in the business in the past um, the biggest benefit I personally get out of that was accountability. Yes. Um, you know, often, um, in, a, in a particular in a small business, there isn't anyone else you're really accountable to. It's your thing, it's your baby, people work for you. Um, and, and not often do people really question you or question, you know, what you're doing and how you're progressing through um, your tasks or your projects. It tends to go the other way. Um, so having accountability in place, I've found to be one of the, the most significant things that drives me forward faster to get better results. Because I always know that when I'm going to have that call with whoever my accountability you know, coach or person is, um, that I can't have weak answers for them. You know, when, I, when we say, okay, the, we're going to achieve these five things over the next week. And we get to that point to have the conversation a week later and it says, okay, so how have you done? Well, I've managed two. These other three have not managed. Um, why not? And you get into it, well, I just didn't have time. And you look at it and re- in reality, you look and you think, well, that only needed three hours of time. And, you know, within the last seven days, and I know this person's not going to let me get away with saying I didn't have enough time. Mm-hmm. It drives you to make sure you do those things before you have the call so that you're not embarrassed and so that you've not got a, a weak answer and so that you're not given an answer that you wouldn't accept yeah. either way. So I've used coaching in, in that way. I've not ever used it really um, in a form to deal or to help. I guess the team, if they, you know, they were they were running late or they were regularly late, they they would be more one to one conversations. Sure. I think to try and find out what that what that issue is, and sometimes there is an issue, and sometimes people are just inherently late and a wee bit lazy in the morning, and no matter no matter what, they they just they just won't leave in time. They won't. They could get up an extra ten minutes earlier and leave an extra ten minutes earlier. But they make a decision that it's not important enough for them to do that. Mm-hmm. And again, that you know, that's a small kind of cancerous thing that, and, and we have had that in, in, in previous bits of the business where you can look back and we've had specific people who have pretty much always been late 
you know, three times a week. And sometimes you let it, you let it go because you like the person and they're good at the job. And you think, well, those two things outweigh the 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 you know the the lateness issue. But actually it's quite a big thing because you know that they're showing basic disrespect to you know the expectation. Yes. You know, and the, and they're showing disrespect to their colleagues because the rest of them are coming in in time and doing what they're meant to do as well. And that's a wee thing that when the rest of the team see that, they start to think, well, how much does it really matter? What if mm. I'm late a couple of times a week and and quite quickly that kind of situation can can grow arms and legs, you know, and, and not come out with it, you know, it's not good for the business is the bottom line. See, with respect to that uh, team dynamic, um, how do you support your team while something like this is going on? Um, maybe they're coming to you, you know, frustrated because of the way that a particular colleague is behaving or they're not pulling their weight or they're uh, bringing the morale of the team down because they've got a negative attitude. Um, how do you help your team in that situation? So, so, yeah, I think you have to assure them that you're going to take action and do something about it. Mm -hmm. And then you have to follow through and actually do that and work through a process to, to try and make the situation better. Yeah. And if you can't make it better and it, and it continues to affect the team, then, you know, the person that's causing that issue, really you need to remove from the business if it's if it's not going to work. Um, that's a kind of simplistic way of putting it because you obviously need to find out, is there a bigger reason behind the person being late? And if you dig into that, and you don't find that there is any particular reason, it's not because they're a caregiver and they need to make sure something happens and they can't really leave until a certain time. Mm -hmm. um, if there's not something like that there or another, you know, another good reason other than they're just not leaving the house in time, then you need to take action as, as quickly as possible. So I was going to ask you about that. Is there a best way to go about sacking an employee if, if you've explored all the other options? Um, is there ever a good way to do it? It's, it's, it's always difficult. You know, it, it's it's always difficult because there's, there's that piece of confrontation. And again, everyone's different with this, but I always felt an obligation to the team to keep them in employment and to keep the business going and, and you know, everybody has a job and, and that's important. Um, so I, I think it I think it depends where the conversation's coming from and what conversations have taken place. So with that, I mean, if we, if we look at that kind of late example, you know, if you've had conversations with, with that person and you've had multiple conversations and you've, you've dug in and you find there's no reason other than they just won't leave the house in time. And they've, they've basically said, yes, that's the thing, but I'll do better. And then they're better for a couple of days and then it falls back into uh -huh. the same pattern and, and that's recurring. It makes it an easier conversation to have when you're saying, look, this isn't working out for us. You know, you can't get here in time, affecting the rest of the team. It's not good for morale. Um, we, we've had seven conversations about it, you know. We've yeah. given you chances. We're now three months down the line. It's clearly not going to happen. This isn't important enough for you to do that bit. So, you know, 
let's find you somewhere else to be because mm -hmm. this business isn't the place for you to be just now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They, as I say, they can be tough conversations because potentially you really like the person and they're, they're very good at their job. Um, so, you know, if that type of situation isn't affecting your business and it isn't affecting anyone else in it, and it, it doesn't really matter to you, that's a different situation. Uh -huh. But, you know, if it's affecting other people and it's going to affect their performance and maybe how they turn up and how they perceive the leadership of the company and, and, and those things, then it, it's a much bigger thing. And I'm thinking as well, given what you said earlier about your brain sort of going round and round and over the situation, does it continue to do that after you've sacked the person? Do you do you kind of play it over in your head and and relive it and worry about it? Or does it help you that you've now taken the action that you needed to take? Yeah, I think it depends how the conversation's gone. <laughs> um, that's part of it. Uh, but I would say in, in, in the majority of cases, uh, you, what you find after you've had the conversation is huge relief. Because you've dealt with a problem. Um, you know it's not going to be sitting in the back of your mind. You may have some other problems, or a better word being challenges really to deal with out the other <laughs> end of it, which is finding a replacement for the person. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, so so you replace one thing with another, but the other one um, in the long term should be more positive because you're looking to bring in someone who's going to be a better overall fit for for you in the business uh -huh. yeah, so i think in general relief uh, because you dealt with it and i think it does take the the replay of the situation out of your mind because you've not got that i need to deal with this i need to deal with this i know that when i go in today you know sally's going to come over and have a conversation and say you know fred's late again what are you going to do about it or you uh -huh. know whatever that may be can build into a slightly bigger thing so it takes that away, uh, but you still have other you still have other challenges out the other end of it. If you need to replace them, that is obviously then you need to find someone else, bring them in, onboard them, make them part of the team. Hope they're going to work out. Yada 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 yada. Of yeah. course. <laughs> but all of yeah. that, all of that, in my experience, is better than the you know where you were, which was you know not taking action on a situation that's kind of eaten away at you and the team. Exactly, absolutely. So yeah, there, there's going to be that discomfort while you look for someone new. Um, it'll be time consuming, it'll be costly, but at least you don't have the worries going around your head randomly throughout the day. You've dealt with the issue and actually the person knows where they stand as well. So you've been very clear yeah. about the situation and, and drawn a line under it. So, yeah. And the team know that you've done something, uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. which is important. And the other thing I would say is almost, almost without exception, any time I've asked someone to leave the business or any time someone else has of, the, of their own accord, um, almost without exception, they've been replaced by someone better. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you can have a fear of how will I ever replace this person? And um, that the, the fear is much bigger 
much greater than the reality. Yeah, I think that's like a lot of things in life, isn't it? Um, you need to go through the difficult periods um, and get through the other side to see that actually there can be positives in difficult situations. Um, yeah. They're just not always apparent straight away because you're right and I think the thick of them. Um, but you get through it and you find something more positive and realise that, yes, it was the right decision yeah. for you. Um, Kev, you've got a, a massive amount of experience in leading and managing employees and you're involved in different businesses. You're also involved in philanthropy. And uh, I've been reading about your giving back scheme and I was really intrigued by it. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing there, please? Yeah, cool. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, so I, the, the giving part thing is something I've always done, um, but, but it's, it's often been a bit random. So we, we support some charities in some of our business and we provide them with service and, um, and we do that free of charge and that's, that's good. Um, and that, that works well and we get great rewards out of that um, and it's helpful to, to the charities. Um, and, and the other side of things is, you know, you get those serendipitous moments where um, you help someone randomly uh, whether it be through a phone call or, or, or a conversation somewhere, or whether it be that at the um, that at the car park and you know the shorty fifty p or a pound or two uh -huh. pound or whatever it may be, or at the <laughs> checkout, and it's a similar thing. And you can you can do that wee bit where you know you get you give them a pound or you give them a couple of quid and they can finish what they're doing and that um, that giving without looking to receive um, from a selfish perspective makes me feel fantastic. Um, I, I just, I get a huge buzz out of it. Uh -huh. And you can see, you know, uh, I think that the, the initial reaction for the person you do that with is is one of, um, it's, it's probably one of confusion as to, as to yeah, you know, what's happening, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, but when you realise what you've done and it, it's just that, and then they can, you know, get on with the rest of their day and they don't then need to go and find a bank or put shopping back or whatever it may be. And those two kind of, Simple examples. Um, I, I, get, I get a huge buzz out of that. And so I wanted to do something that um, I, I guess w was trying to make it less serendipitous and, and, and put something out there where we can help people who are either wanting to start a business or who already have a small business, but they've got some challenges and they need to get to the next stage. And so the, the giving back um, scheme that I've set up on kevashcroft.com we've got two parts to it so we've got um, uh, an initial part which is about uh, building a website for you know a business or an organization who's starting out or who needs a new presence because what they've got doesn't promote them in the way that it needs to do mm -hmm. and so we've committed there to building one new website a month um, for um for organizations or companies or people who, who need that. And the second part to it is um, a mentoring accountability part where um, we'll take on a certain number of mentees and we'll mentor them for a period of six months. Mm -hmm. And that's hopefully to give them primarily um, accountability and hopefully um, 
a, a bit of um, a bit of benefit from some of the experiences and the businesses and things that, that I've been through, which hopefully means that they can either um, they can either make mistakes much quicker and recover for them, you know, immediately, <laughs> or that they don't need to make those mistakes at all. Um, and so that's the that's the kind of two aspects to the the given back that we've, we've set up on kevashcroft.com that that I hope's useful and and I hope that um, people can take advantage of. It's a fantastic idea. I love the, the uh, fact you've got two strands to it as well, so um, people can come for for either option depending on what their needs are. And uh, I love the mentoring idea as well. Just giving businesses a a chance to kind of up the level that they're at at the moment and uh, build, you know, build their business. Brilliant. And with the amount of experience you've got as well, it's a great idea. Well, I hope so. And, and I hope it's a benefit. I think just looking back, I know that, you know, if I had that type of facility um, or someone there to do that for me when I was starting out, it would have made things easier and would have built the business probably better and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely have been of use, um, particularly back then when I was 19. So 30 years ago, there was there was much less of that. You didn't you didn't really hear about it. It wasn't you know it wasn't a word that you heard mentioned in business circles. Um, it may well have been called something else at, at that point, but you just didn't hear about it. It's obviously. You hear about it a lot more now. It's a yes. lot more popular. Um, but but it's useful. Even just the accountability part, I know that makes a, a huge difference in in your life as a business person. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I see it. Um, I do personal coaching, but I also coach um, employees in the workplace. And, and I see the importance of clients having that accountability with me and having to check in and uh, as you say get your tasks done um before your next meeting you know (laughs) so yeah it does it does force you to up your game i think without a doubt without a doubt and i think um just to touch on one maybe one last thing talking about when we're talking about the the issues maybe in businesses from the the employee perspective Uh as in what can you do with them but uh, sometimes the answer is in yourself as well, and mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes maybe your, your leadership style isn't as it should be. Sometimes there's more you could be doing um, to, to make things better in the company yourself, um, and sometimes it's an inward look rather than an outward look at everybody else. Sometimes you know there, there's things that you need to be better at and that you need to put in place to help the team do what they're there to do, which is which is to support you in the business, which is there to support the clients and make their lives better, which then, if that works right, that helps the employees grow and their lives to be better and that comes back around full circle. Yes, it, it, it's important that it filters down from the top, isn't it? Got to, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, finally, Kev, can you tell us where we can find you? I've really enjoyed listening to you this morning and um, getting the benefit of your wisdom. So where can other people find you and uh, get to know what you're up to? Yes, so uh, they can have a look on kevashcroft.com, which talks about the the mentoring and the new book, Outsourcing for Success, Mm -hmm. and also the, the giving back 
um, aspects are on there. Um, you can find us on blinkedmedia.com, which is, is our marketing business. And you can find us on wpsupportspecialist.com, which is the one-stop shop for all things WordPress. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Kevin. Listen, it's been lovely to chat to you this morning. I've really enjoyed spending time with you and hearing the benefit of your experiences. Thank you. You're welcome, Suzanne. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about what I do here at Life Switch Coaching, then you can go to my website at www.lifeswitchcoaching.com or you can email me at suzanne at lifeswitchcoaching.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E at lifeswitchcoaching.com. Thanks very much for listening and take care.